two KG Sports Minds have created a podcast to answer one very important question. What's the spread? Now, here are your boys, Brad Thomas and Miles Markowitz. All right, roll, Todd, roll. The game of the year was not even a game, 29-0. to zero. Am I able to get you to say that one more time? Actually, you know what? Mm-mm. You just made nope. a soundbite, my friend, nope. because that was it. I just heard you say, roll, Todd, roll. I got it on clip. Uh-huh. You got a soundbite. Yep. Well, at this point, and I, actually, I, I'm glad you brought that up because you just reminded me I wanted to open the show with this. I was thinking about this today, and I actually think this is very interesting. Okay. Okay, I feel like there is a lot of frustration in college football right now. Yes. And I think a lot of that stems from uh, alumni or fans of teams that are not Alabama. And I'll put Clemson up there too, but specifically Alabama, everyone seems to be upset with them because, well, they think no one's going to beat them, yeah. right? They're the best of the best, the best team. Like, you know, why does this even matter? Why does this game even matter? Because we're just going to get there and lose to Bama. Yeah. Here's the thing. Let's say, uh, let's take uh, in Ohio State or, you know, actually, no, let's take a Washington State, right? Cool. Yeah. Washington, Washington State. State wins out. Yep. 12 and 1. Yep. Gets into the playoff. And they think they stand no chance against a team like Alabama. Nine times out of ten, a team like that is probably not going to beat the Crimson Tide. No. The way they're playing right now. But all you need is that one out of ten times that you do beat Alabama. And that's the shot that you play for. Yes. And I guess I'm also talking about Ohio State fans because we're so down on the team. I'm so tired. I just got back from Columbus. Yes. And I tell you that everybody is so upset with the team. And I'm over here just enjoying the wins and saying, listen, if we win the games and we get to the playoff... Then we give ourselves an opportunity. Yes. But everyone's thinking about, well, what if we get the playoff, we get our ass kicked? Well, you play for the opportunity. Yes. And that's what we're all, that's all you can really ask for as a college football fan. Is Bama going to win the national championship? Probably. But you're playing for that one at, did you think if somebody told uh, the 1980 U.S. Olympic hockey team? Oh my that, that God. They, that they Miracle didn't stand a chance? How many times do you think that they are? That they, they didn't stand a chance. They would have lost to the Soviets nine out of ten times. Yes. But that night, it was they their skated night. with them. It was their it night. It was their night. And that's that's my rant. For, uh, for the, while you're on your rant, I just want to say one statement that I heard that Dabo said that I thought was great. It was just such a Dabo thing to say. And he's like, hell with the we want Bama. No. Bama doesn't want us. I just thought that was great. And that's a good mentality. I was like, that's what you've you, you got to have. And he's probably the only other coach in the country right now that is allowed to say that. Yes. Because everyone no else other, would get laughed at. Yeah, no other coach <laughs> is allowed to say that. You walked out of the building like, excuse me, sir, you need, you need to resign. But you walk in and you beat uh, a conference opponent 77 to 12 like they did to Louisville. I mean, yes. 66 to 3 over Wake Forest. That's scary. Bears, Florida shit. State as well, too. Uh, yeah. So then you're going to have that confidence. All right. Before we get into the games this week, let's go ahead and see uh, how we did last week. Uh, actually, it was. It seemed to be a repeat performance of last week. Combined, you and I had the same records as we did last week. You had another six and two week. Congratulations. Hope you're cashing. Yes. That's 12 and four for you uh, over the last two weeks. And then I went five and three again. So I'm sitting over here 10 and six in the last two weeks. Um, what is that? 22 and... And amazing. 10? Yeah. <laughs> We're doing really well. Yes. Here. Uh, and we did really well in college. We agreed on three out of the four games. First three games, easy covers. Bama... Minus 13 and a half over LSU. That was a joke. Yes. Easy, uh, easy win for both of us. Uh, we got Georgia minus 10 over Kentucky. We knew that was going to be a blowout. Uh, Michigan minus 10 over Penn, Penn State. State Another a chance. blowout. This last game, Utah minus 7 um, versus Arizona State and Arizona State beating them. Listen, this game was different throughout the entire game. At the start of the game, you could tell Arizona State had the home field advantage. They were owning them. And then towards the end of the game when it looked like Utah had life, Huntley goes down for the season. That was it. 
Arizona State was up 21-20 going into the fourth quarter. And sometimes this happens in betting. Yes. Hundley doesn't go down. Utah covers the spread. Yes. But it took the life out of them. And then Arizona State ends up scoring 17 in the fourth quarter. Yep. Utah can't put up any points. So that was the only loss for us. But And sometimes this happens in betting. It was just a bad... Like, I, I would call that a bad That's beat. That's definitely a bad because, beat. Because Hundley went down. Yes. Right in the beginning of the fourth Absolutely. quarter. Absolutely. Uh, okay, go moving on to the over to the NFL, uh, where we agreed on. How about this? How about us agreeing that the Saints would beat the Rams, the undefeated Rams? <laughs> Both of us. Minus one and a half. 45 35 was the final score in that one. The one that I max bet for the first time this season. No doubt about it. Cha-ching. Chiefs minus eight and a half at the Browns. That was easy too easy. Too way, easy. What, I don't know what people easy. thought was going to happen. Not sure what Vegas was seeing there, but uh, good for us. The one, my most disappointing game of the weekend: Chargers at Seahawks. Seahawks at home, always a good bet. They were not on Sunday. No, they were not. They looked poor, and the Chargers didn't look all that great either. Like, see, Seattle's D looked like it could keep up with them for a few quarters. It just wasn't a good enough offensive game, wasn't a good enough offensive performance by the Seattle team. Chargers only two losses to the Rams and the Chiefs. Watch out, my Super Bowl pick. Uh-oh. Not my winner pick, but I picked them to win the AFC. Still holding on to We hope know there. who your Super Bowl pick is. They might not even make the playoffs. Uh, Packers are going to be fine. <laughs> and then uh, ending with the only game we disagreed on, uh, good call by you here, the Steelers. Uh, it really it was a one-score game, but the Steelers really outplayed the Ravens the entire game. Uh, afternoon in Baltimore. All game. All right. Let's go ahead and move over into the college games. We're going to start with number one, Alabama. Roll, tide, roll. Minus 25 at home versus uh, a team that almost beat them last year in uh, the Mississippi State Bulldogs. But let me tell you, a much different MSU team. Man, I was really going to call out the guy who does the uh, Odd Shock Shock podcast. I can't remember his last name, but I sent him a message on Twitter because you know what he said last week? He said, the spread's just too big. There's no way Alabama can cover on the road. You know what he said this week? The spread's just too big. There's no way Alabama can cover it. I'm going to tell you, Miles, Twenty, if as long as it's under 30, I'm taking Alabama in every single game until they get to the playoffs. As long as they're riding this streak, yes. Uh, I'm not at this point ever going to put my bet against Alabama because usually a program that struggles to cover the spread because they get in, uh, unfavorable lines, 6-3 and three against the spread this year. Yes. Not bad. <laughs> And you know what helps? I, I, okay, I'm going to give Mississippi State all the credit on defense. The second best uh, scoring defense in the country. Seventh best pass defense in but the country. But what offense have they played? They haven't played a good offense. And they're terrible at Brian Denning. They're 1-5 against the spread in their last six games at Brian Denning. Miles, Tua proved that against one of the top pass defenses that he will play all season... 295 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. That interception was a greedy interception. Well, I was about to say, the interception wasn't even a bad pick. Yeah. It was... So... Just a risk. Damian Harris, finally we let him loose. Finally he gets more than nine carries in the game, rushes for 100 yards, 107 yards and a touchdown. Jerry Judy. But no, the one player on this offense that no one is talking about, I'm going to highlight the defense in a second, is Irv Smith Jr. Playing out of the H-back position, tight end. He is a welcomed change. We've had good tight ends. Like, you know, we have had O.J. Howard, but... Mm -hmm. He is a wide receiver in a tight end's body and 64 yards and a touchdown. And he just keeps performing, catching big passes every single week. He has a safety valve for Tua, but he's not your typical safety valve where he's going to get three yards. It's a safety valve for 30 yards. Do you have anything to say? Because I'm going to keep going on a rant. Go ahead. I told you, I told everyone that this Alabama defense, although they at times don't look like the most stout defense, they 
are great. They held this LSU offense to 196 yards. They held Joe Burrow to 184 yards. Held LSU to 12 yards rushing. Quinnen Williams was a difference maker on pass rush and on and on run stopping. And here's the thing. We we know Bama's going to win, uh, but I think the key to covering the spread is the fact that Nick Fitzgerald, this team lives and dies by Nick Fitzgerald's legs. Yes. He's averaging 5.4 yards per carry this year, uh, nine rushing touchdowns, and they only do well when he does well on the ground. I can't see him getting over 50 yards rushing in this game. No, and if he does, it's going to be a couple late scampers. Um, actually, this is exactly what I said from Josh from Odd Shark. I, I messaged him and said, the only way Alabama doesn't cover is if Tua doesn't play in the second half. And even then, I, st- I still think they cover because I think they're up by three scores. At I think it's going to be big. Uh, I'm also glad you said as long as it's 30 because Alabama 11-0 straight up in their last 11 games, and they have an average winning margin of over 32 points. So take that as you will. Alabama minus 25. Let's just put it this way. Why in betting? Why overthink things? Why try to play the genius? Why would you take Mississippi State here, a struggling offense on the road versus the number one scoring offense in the country? Why would you take Mississippi State? What we got next? The next game we have is a game I'm really excited to talk about. The number two Clemson Tigers laying twenty and a half points at the number seventeen Boston College Eagles. Wow, twenty and a half points on the road to a two loss team. It's probably the biggest uh, spread for game day that I've ever seen. And uh, let's go through our history with Clemson this year uh, briefly, Brad. So I believe the first time we talked about Clemson was the Texas A&M game. Yes. And they were 12-point favorites. We took Clemson on the road there. Didn't cover, but we can all agree it was a much different team because they were still rotating Kelly Bryant in. Then we took Syracuse. I think it was like plus 24. Yeah. That worked out, but really only because Trevor Lawrence went got hurt. Yeah. Then, didn't you and I both take it? Yeah, we both, yeah, we took, both took it against State. 17 and a half, and they, and they scored one touchdown in that game. I, here's the thing. Let's go. I'm not going to get fooled twice by no, Clemson. No, because And I'm thinking of the NC State game. So I'm not taking Boston College here. I'm not overthinking it. Even though they're on the road, I'm going with the team that's beating uh, their conference opponents by about 50 Miles, points per go game. go through right? the, the last four games. Let's go 63 to 3 versus Wake Forest, 41 to 7 versus NC State, 59 to 10 versus Florida State, 77 to 16 versus uh, Louisville. Who in their right mind would go against this Clemson team right now? One thing that Clemson has that most people don't is a stout D line. They're only allowing 90 yards per game rushing. And I don't think that a non factor team. Like a team who's a non-factor throwing the ball is going to be able to run enough to keep up with Clemson. Well, and I think that the argument for Boston College would be that, at least the argument I would make, is that they would be able to control the clock a little bit with A.J. Dillon, who's questionable, by the way. Yes. Uh, I mean, he's I gonna think play. he's going to play. He's going to play. Uh, but that's going to be their only hope, not to win the game, just to cover the spread. Their only hope is going to be to hold the ball as long as they can. Uh, control the game on the ground, but this Clemson defense is just too dominant. Yes, and I think if they want to get in a running match, uh, Travis Etienne is, is more than comparable. My man has rushed for 845 yards, and get this, 14 touchdowns. You say, oh, A.J. Dillon's such a great running back. Yeah, sure, he has 801 yards. He only has seven touchdowns. Etienne has been the difference. Clemson with the number four scoring offense in the country and the number four scoring defense in the country. Covered in four of their last five road games, Miles? We're taking and Clemson, four straight. Right? Yeah, yeah, I know I am. We're both taking Clemson minus 20 and a half. I think it kind of goes with the theme here of we're just not going to overthink it. Yeah. You got the number one and the number two teams in the country. Who are dominating teams. Who are dominating teams and dominating opponents. Dominating conference opponents. And listen, we're not here to argue. Arguing's fun. We're here to make money, though. Yes. 
And these are and these are probably the two smartest bets of the weekend. And, and we, it's not like we talked about these bets prior to this. We just want to make money. I, I, for argument's sake, sure. But if my money's on the line, I'm not putting my money on the other team that is a dumb bet just to argue with somebody. So let's go to the next game, the game that you're probably really excited about because this is one of the lowest spreads Ohio State has had all year and probably will be one of the lowest spreads that they've had. Ohio State with the number 10 Ohio State Buckeyes laying four points at the number 18 Michigan State Spartans. If this had been last year... I think we might have been worried a little bit. But we've seen Brian Lewerke struggle all year long. I don't care what type of struggles people want to say Ohio State has had. Four points? All I got to cover is four points? Miles, I'm taking Ohio State 100 out of 100 times. I'm so happy. Okay. Lewerke is not the quarterback that I thought he was. No, trash. He, he's, uh, he's struggled. Uh, eight touchdowns, eight picks. Michigan State's offense doesn't scare me in the least. Everyone wants to talk about the Michigan State run defense, and I get it. They're still the number one rushing defense in the country. They're the 98th passing defense in the country. Their secondary is porous. I will still not forget watching the Utah State and Michigan State game earlier this year. Any slanting. And Utah State's passing game tore up. Sling him apart. Tore up the MSU secondary. Haskins might throw for 500 yards I think he will. in this football game. There is no way. There's no way in hell that Michigan State will keep up with Ohio State. 23 four, was it 23 points per game? And keep in mind also that me? this was also a ranked matchup uh, last year, and we won 48 to three. Yeah, it wasn't even a contest. Uh, the Spartans only yeah only averaging 23.4 points per game, a 100th and 11th in the nation. Horrible. So Trash. our defense has had their struggles, but here's the thing. Right now, I think Nebraska's offense is running much more smoothly than See, this Michigan State. That's offense. another thing that that I wanted to highlight is if you look at Nebraska's points per game, they do score a lot of points in 18 points you know, is a lot of points for any team to cover versus a high-powered offense. Michigan State on the hand, trash. Oh, yeah, and, and, and LJ Scott is questionable as well. Yeah, and I'm not saying that we uh, that the Nebraska game should have been close. It should have been a blowout. But what, a I, blowout. but what I will say is if you're looking from the outside in, don't look at that game as whether or not, oh, well, I'm going to take Michigan State plus four at home because of how they looked against Nebraska. Nebraska's coming into their own, and Adrian Martinez is really yes. hitting his stride at quarterback under Absolutely. Scott Frost. Uh, so it's a much more dangerous Nebraska team here. Uh, their 2-7 and seven record does not show the strength of that team right now. I will say that uh, Ohio State's concerns on defense are warranted, but only four points, too. Now, Ohio State hasn't been able to cover the spread. This is the most favorable line that we've been giving given all year. I hammered that the second I saw it. I was like, this has got to be a joke. Miles, listen, I tried to worry you when I sent you that message today and it says, Ohio State is 0-5 against the spread in their last five games. But these spreads were big, man. Double-digit spreads. So who cares? Throw that out the window. This is a new season starting today. Yeah, and I think it was like a, something like a 19 points against Nebraska. Just tough spreads to cover, yeah. uh, but minus four here, I'm confident. In it. Haskins throw th- uh, for 500 yards. I think Buckeyes win by 10. I'm hammering it for sure. I think t- 10 might be generous. I mean, it might be too small. I think it's more. Well, let's go to the next game. Number 24, Auburn Tigers. Listen, this game last year was a surprise of the season at number five, Georgia Bulldogs. Minus 14 points, the revenge game for Georgia. Georgia is going to destroy this terrible, terrible offense. I don't care what anybody says. Auburn is one and four in their last five games against Georgia. Listen, when they play five against the spread in that span at Georgia, oh, and five. Yep. Georgia. I, what do we say? Two games ago, seems like Georgia's coming into their offense. They're here. Holyfield balling. I even wrote it down in the article and said, um, just wait, DeAndre Swift is about to have his breakout game, and he had his breakout game two games ago. I, consider, I continue to see the team doing more of the same. When you can run the ball, 
you could pass the ball. It makes Jake Fromm's life a lot easier. I think there's a really important theme here with our college games this week is that we're not overthinking things. And I really like what you said there. We're not trying to be the genius. Yes. Don't overthink it. Georgia's going to win this game by 28 points. This Auburn team, I guess I can see why they're ranked 24, but they lost to Tennessee at home. Yes. 30 to 24. That loss Blood alone uh, is enough for me to be worried about this team. The good thing they got a rest next week, a scrub opponent. Georgia 5 and 4 against the spread this season. But keep in mind they're 3 and 1 against the spread against top 25 opponents. Yeah. Uh, so they're taking care of business there. Jake Fromm is number 2 in the SEC in completion percentage and quarterback rating behind only the Tua Tagovailoa. Georgia also has the top rushing offense in the SEC. They're averaging 233.8 rushing yards per game and they're at home. And they're at home. And they only have to win by 14 points. I think points. they're better in every single facet of the game. I think Georgia is really starting to find their stride. Yes. And I will almost go as far to say, I hope they prove me right this weekend, but I really think that they can give Bama a game in Atlanta. I think they know that. This is why it's not going to be a trap game. No, They see the prize ahead. No, they know. And they know they can control their own destiny. The the only game that they are going to, you know, I think going to lose in the rest of the season will be against Alabama and And Kirby Smart said after the LSU game that this team can still accomplish everything that we want. And he knew that because they're in the SEC, he yes. knew that a loss would not cost them. Especially against a loss, a team that ended up bouncing up to number three. Georgia minus 14. Miles, let's talk about some NFL. What's the first game we got on deck? All right. So I wanted to put this on the schedule. Uh, we had the New Orleans Saints minus five and a half at my Cincinnati Bengals. Keeping in mind that you will find no Cincinnati uh, Bengal bias from me. Uh, perfect example, I guaranteed that they would not cover the spread against the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football, and they lost by 35 points. I'm going to tell you something right now, Brad. I would be, I would say the Bengals get the upset if A.J. Green was playing. He's out. We are losing our best player against quite possibly the best team in the NFL. Yes. We're sunk. The the Bengals don't cover. I... for those of you who don't watch a lot of Bengals games, and I and I don't blame you, AJ Green is our offense. He's the a, difference maker. A lot of people are talking about Mixon, and Mixon has been uh, the difference maker because AJ Green's on the field. Yes, he's the one that Andy looks to. He's the one who the uh, the defensive coach's game plan for. Yeah, and it's going to hurt without him because now we got to rely. Uh, don't get me wrong, Tyler Boyd's had a great season at receiver, but now we got to rely on Boyd uh, Ross. and Ross. Uh, we, we really got to rely on Mixon. So all the Saints really have to do is stack the box in this. Yeah. Game. I th- okay, I'm glad we're we're in agreement here, and, I, and I'm, I'm not even picking the Saints because they added Dez. I'm just picking the Saints because they're better, and the Bengals don't have AJ Green, which is a huge piece. The trends will tell you to take the Bengals. I yes. do just want to put that out there uh, for full disclosure. The Bengals are nine one and one against the spread. Their last eleven games as home underdogs, but keep in mind, no AJ Green for this one. Uh, Saints are also 0 5 against the spread in their last five games versus the Bengals, which is why I would have wanted to call an upset, and I was with excited to call an upset with AJ Green. Trust me, take the Saints minus five and a half. Absolutely, Miles. I am agreeing there. This next game, Miles, I done. I did not pick someone. I wanted to talk this over in my brain first. Uh, we have the Seattle Seahawks at the Los Angeles Rams. Los Angeles Rams are a ten point favorite in this game, Miles. After that Seahawks team. Versus the Seahawks team versus the Chargers, I was confused because Seahawks haven't been playing great on the road, and the Rams are coming off a loss. 
Well, and Chris Carson went down in that game, and and I guess he was that much of a difference maker because you and yeah. I said that he was. Yes, and that was the difference, and that's why we were confident going with Seattle because they had found a running game. He goes down, and all of a sudden, and they're like, "Oh my god!" The offense isn't really moving. Relying on Mike Davis and, and, and do you know Penny. why? It's because they're one dimensional. Yep. Russell Wilson is a stud. I've said that over and over again. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks in the league. But when you're one dimensional, it's too easy for um, NFL defensive coordinators to plan. Yes. For it. So as soon as Carson goes, and he and I don't think he's going to play in this game. No, right? I don't think so. Yeah, I think he's out. I guess the question is, how do the Rams come back after their first loss of the season in New Orleans? I think they come back slinging it, and it's not like the it's not like New Orleans was just some chump. New Orleans, in my opinion, is the best position team to win the Super Bowl, and the only reason I'm saying that I do think the Rams have a better team uh, altogether. It's just I'm going against the I'm going with the veteran quarterback who's already done it. They're going to come back. The Rams are going to come back and slaughter the Seahawks. It's going to be a bloodbath. Oh, yeah. And Russell Wilson doesn't have his running back. His number one wide receiver is questionable who might not play. He's yet to get to 100%. I think what the Rams proved to us on Sunday was that they can hang with the best of them. Yes. They are one of the two best teams in the NFC. And I don't think that they, that they have any problems with the Seahawks here. Minus 10. Seahawks also 1-5 against the spread. Their last six of the Rams. Two and eight against the spread in their last ten games as double digit underdogs. Thought that was interesting. Wow, that's a very one. Uh, so the line opened at about seven and a half, which I would have been much more comfortable with. But all the money moved towards the Rams. I'll be really curious to see where this ends up at game time. But this is kind of another situation where I'm not going to overthink it. You're going because with the Rams. I started, and I'm going with the Rams. Okay, if I get to, I haven't placed this bet yet. But guys, in full disclosure, I've been placing every single bet for the podcast. Just put my money where my mouth is. But if I see there's about 65% of the betting public's going to be on the Rams, I might just fade this game entirely um, just because I don't like betting with the public. But as it stands right now, if it stays at 10, I'm probably going to take it. All right, what we got next? Next, Miles, I put this on here because it's the Arizona crappy Cardinals at the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs are 17 Point favorite. Miles, you know what happened the last time a team was that big of a favorite versus a subpar team? Tell me. It was the Buffalo Bills who upset the Minnesota Vikings. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. That's not going to happen here. No, I just wanted to hype it up. <laughs> I was building, I was doing the trailer. And now we have a team who is a 17 point favorite versus a really bad team who can barely get to 14 points per game. Kansas City's defense also pretty good. They're only allowing 18 points per game. After so, starting terribly. Right. So with that math, they really only the Chiefs really only have to score 35 points to cover the spread. Yeah. That's even if they give up 18 points. I think the only reason that the spread is set at 17 is because I, there must be some unwritten rule where in the NFL you can't make the spread more than <laughs> you 20 points. You don't want to embarrass the other team too bad. <laughs> Dude. Because it's bad for the league. Arizona can't run the ball. They can't throw the ball. David Johnson is only averaging 3.2 yards per carry this year. God. It's because everybody just gets up there and stacks the box. Yeah, because they, know they, they just uh, dare Rosen to throw the football. Byron Leftwich has throw, brought some life into that offense, but I mean, you, you can't. Say Byron Leftwich? Yes. He's offensive coordinator. Oh. Um, excuse me, back to my original thought. He has brought some life into that offense, but you can't expect this offense, no matter who the offensive coordinator is, to be great if you have a bad O line. In a rookie quarterback. That spells disaster every single time. And I don't care if you freaking put McVay at offensive coordinator. That's Cardinals, my the Cardinals only. have also been just uh, terrible against the spread. Yes. Uh, just overall. Especially on the road. 3-7-1 and one against the spread. 
Oh, 11 and one in their last 12 games in the early afternoon. God. That's, that's one o'clock games. Cardinals never cover. My uh, God. The visiting team in this matchup is 0 and 6 against the spread in the last six games here. I think everything's telling us to take the Chiefs, right? Yeah, because I, because at this point, I, honestly, I, I don't know if this Cardinals offense can even score. I don't think because so either. Everyone was on, um, was kind of against Kansas City's defense earlier in the season, but they're improving. They're playing really good, really good football. And more importantly, uh, the Chiefs take care of business against bad teams. Yes. That's and, really what we've seen. And, Mahomes doesn't take days off because he loves scoring. I think what's made this Chiefs such a great betting team, a team to bet on, is because he loves to score. He's gaming. Like, you have other quarterbacks out there who might be older. They they don't care about the score. They care about winning. Mahomes is a slinger, and he's going out there to score. All right. What are we going to end with? The last game we have is the Atlanta Falcons laying four and a half points on the road to the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns are decimated on defense. Christian Kirksey, or Chris Kirksey, depending on who you, who, you, who you're talking to, is on the IR. Demarius Randall might not play. Jamin Collins is hurt. EJ Gaines is on the IR with a concussion. First of all, it's really weird. I don't know how you go on the IR with a concussion. They are banged up. Oh, not to mention, uh, Jabril Preppers is hurt too, but he, I think he's probable. How are they going to stop Atlanta? Atlanta's one of the hottest teams in, in, in the league. And you've got the Browns over here. I don't understand where these lines are coming from. Maybe just because Cleveland's playing at home. But Matt Ryan in this offense, they're, they're clicking. finding their stride. They're clicking. They don't need Freeman. You saw, my God, you see Tevin, Tevin Coleman's game Tevin last Coleman's week? Tevin Coleman's a beast. My God. After after only averaging 3.7 yards mm. per carry before last week. Julio Jones continues to play. First the touchdown of the season. Calvin Ridley. Dallas. Take notes. Yes. We told you that you should have taken we called it. Calvin Ridley. We said it for what a weeks. Choke. What a choke. We said we should be running that front office we should. in Dallas. Jerry, we said it for us. weeks. Take Ridley. Good route no runner. Doesn't drop the football. No brainer. Smart kid. No brainer. Look at what he's doing, man. Except they take a linebacker who's playing eight on eight football in high school. Good for him. So at this point, all right, and I'll be honest, I thought about this game for maybe, I don't know, three seconds. Falcons minus four and a half. Easy. Why are you going to take the Browns? Why would so you? Say, well, 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 the Browns do, are one of the best against the spread teams this Oh, yeah? Really? Duke have you, Johnson have you, played have you, have so great them? last year. Have you watched them <laughs> the last week. three weeks? They've been dragged. I mean, honestly, I'm just going to keep uh, the Browns making me money. Yes, I, I will at probably. Point, I think that's what's well, happening. Let's just keep the Browns on the slate until they prove us otherwise. Whew, all right, so here's exciting. the thing. We agreed on all the games. We took the favorites. We took favorites at every single game. We did. And I had a statement prepared for this because I had a feeling that you and I were, and keep in mind, again, we don't talk about these games beforehand, but I had a feeling we were on the same page here. And it was kind of, I kind of opened it up at the beginning of the show. We're not overthinking things. We're going with the easy money. We have a combined 22 and 10 record in the last two weeks. Yes. Because we're not overthinking these things. And we're taking the good teams and we're taking the good spreads. I have no doubt in my mind that we'll continue our trend of six, Absolutely. five wins. Absolutely. I'm ready to wait, make some money this weekend. Miles, let's get to the section where I'm unfortunately still losing, even after a great call here okay. of Duke over also, Miami. can we talk about how we are just wrecking the dogs? Dude. We are calling these dogs. Beasts. Week in and week out. Beasts. Because it's going back and forth. I still have a one-point lead. Okay. So your call, uh, your Duke plus nine and a half over Miami was a great call. They ended up winning the game 20 to 12. That got you five points. Yes. And then I had Pittsburgh over Virginia. Great call. 23 to 13 plus When you seven said that, I half. thought you were crazy. I was like, yeah, they might cover. And that's five points. So we each got a fiver. But more importantly, our other two picks that we agreed on covered. Yes. So we got one point. Texas A&M uh, losing to Auburn 28-24. They were plus 400 dogs. That's a point. 
And, uh, oh, actually, you know what? I didn't see that Northwestern was nine and a half. Because uh, the, the, the spread actually opened uh, at 10 at game time. So we don't get that one. But nonetheless, uh, I'm sitting with 39 points and you are sitting with 38 points with two weeks to go. Oh my God, I got you this week unless we pick the same game as Miles. I, let me start my dogs because I want to start with I really one. don't think we are this week. No. We read on five of our last six super dogs. <laughs> Let's see what happens this week. Go Miles, ahead. I'm going to start with this one because I it was killing me. Killing me. I wanted to text you about this so bad, but I wanted to save this for my dogs. Oregon is a five-point dog at Utah when Utah's starting quarterback who runs that offense is out. I'm going Oregon plus five at Utah. Who's Utah's backup quarterback? You don't know? I don't know either. Nope. When I saw him in the game, I, saw, I watched an entire fourth quarter with this guy, and I still don't know his name. That's how bad and irrelevant he is. So that's my first game. Second game, I'm going to go at Houston. We got Temple plus five and a half at Houston. Why? Because Houston looked beatable. Finally. They looked like they couldn't keep up with high-power offenses, and it proves that without Ed Oliver, they are nothing. So if Ed Oliver is out of this game, Temple plus five and a half. Last game, but not least. They should have got it done last week. They just didn't have enough. They're going to get it done this week. I got Northwestern plus 10 at Iowa. All right. We agreed on one. I am also taking Northwestern plus 10 over Iowa. Uh, That game is for the lead in that division. Uh, I think Northwestern at least covers the spread. Especially how good they looked against uh, an uh, undefeated Notre Dame team. Yeah, for sure. Uh, So I am going to take Northwestern in that game. Uh, My other two, I wanted to look at some uh, dogs that have been competitive all season, starting with South Carolina, taking them plus six over Florida. Florida's been uh, making me money betting against them this season, so I will continue that trend. And finally, I'm going to go with uh, one of your favorites, uh, North Carolina plus 10 Nice over Duke. They've been competitive in every single ACC game. Uh, Duke hasn't been impressive because Miami is awful. I think anybody can beat Miami Miami's, at this point. How what is, is happening so with wrong Miami, with Miami this year? What is going I on? So, I, I, feel like, I feel like my own, Miami owes me some of my life back <laughs> because I was so wrong about them. So that's that's fun. All right, let's go ahead and end the show here, Brad. Uh, we had another batch of college football playoff rankings. It's a travesty, out. I tell you. And Are we going to start from the top or the bottom? Uh, let's start from the top. Okay. And uh, keeping in mind, I went through again this week and highlighted all of the team's uh, quality wins against top 25 opponents. And then I highlighted all their losses to see if they're good losses or bad losses. Uh, so let's start at the top with, with Alabama. Well-deserved. Uh, only one rank win so far, but they'll rack up at least two more. And if if Auburn can somehow get lucky, and, and well, here's the thing: the the most important uh, statistic for Bama, Clemson, and Notre Dame: zero losses. Zero losses. And UCF fans, it's different for you. You are not playing in a Power Five conference. Correct. So that zero, especially uh, when you look down the board at so many one loss Power Five teams: Michigan, Georgia, Oklahoma, Washington that zero State, West is Virginia, huge. Ohio State. That's big. Yep. So let's go ahead and just move to Michigan. I think Michigan's where they're at. They're justified. They're only lost to number three Notre Dame. Wins at Michigan State and Penn State. I know they're not high-powered offenses, but they dominated these ranked opponents. Yeah, and, and I think that Michigan at number four... Here's the thing. I love the Big Ten, but I actually would not have a problem Georgia, Georgia being four. Me either. So I think that at this point, it's going to play itself out. Yeah. But at this point, Michigan and Georgia, for me, are interchangeable. Four, they're a 4-5 tie. And then you got, okay... I still do not agree with Oklahoma being ranked so highly at number six. Their only quality win is at number 22, Iowa State. And they have a loss versus 19, Texas. Who would you put there? That's where I was asking myself, who would I put in front of Oklahoma? Washington State, they don't have any quality wins. But their their wins are quality in my mind. See, and that's the thing. I was actually thinking about Washington State. 
They don't have any wins against current top 25 teams, but honestly, it's because the committee just is... They don't watch the Pac-12. Yes, Pac-12 bias for sure. They just don't watch the games. I think that the Pac-12 is so much more competitive than the credit that they're being given. Yes, and Miles, someone had the audacity in the sports page to say, oh my God, Washington State is ranked 8th? I said, where should they have been? They said, lower than Ohio State. No offense to Ohio State, but that's saying lower than 10. I think Washington State has an argument to be six or seven easily. What do you think about uh, LSU at number seven? Garbage. They, they have a very interesting scenario here because all five of their impact games so are, are against ranked opponents. And when I say that, I mean they have three quote-unquote quality wins, Auburn, Georgia, and Mississippi State, and their only two losses are against quality opponents, Florida and Alabama. That is a lot of the SEC beating up on each other. Miles, I just want to make one statement. I make two. First statement is Alabama and LSU are not rivals. We'll get that out there before I make my next statements. For anybody who's an LSU fan who thinks... The media wants them to be. Yes. Who, who, anybody who thinks that I'm just here to hate on LSU. You cannot be a two-loss team in the top ten and get shut out at home. It should never happen. The committee... I don't care, I don't care if LSU... Every single game LSU played this season was a ranked game. Two losses? Shut out at home? Miles, I was triggered the second I saw it and I texted you. No, Not a chance. I'm a football purist. You're saying that it's okay to get shut out at home? You'll, you still have a chance to make the playoff? And if that was your only loss, that's okay. But you lose to a mediocre Florida team earlier in the season. So now you're saying with two losses. I don't understand what the committee is doing by placing LSU ahead of Washington State, West Virginia, and Ohio State. I don't think that LSU should be ahead of any one-loss Power 5 team no. right now. I just they just got shut out at home. 29 to 0 in the biggest Less game than of the year. 200 yards total offense. You don't even show up. They only beat Auburn by one point. That, I, I don't want to call SEC bias. Like, I don't want to call that. But how, what else do you call it when you have LSU sitting at number seven ahead of a Pac 12, Big 12, and, and uh, a Big 10? I listen to the chairman. Okay. All with one losses. The chairman made very good points. But that's he, all he they were. He talked about the eye test. They were points. Mo, they have the most top. They have the most ranked wins in the top twenty-five. Sure. They have the second best defense in the country. Sure. Their defense is playing at a high level. Sure. None of that matters, Mister Chairman. They got shot at at home. And honestly, I, I'm really not even worried about Ohio State right now. Uh, as a Buckeye fan. I'm just excited to play Michigan. I, I just want to beat Michigan. I'm not even thinking about the playoff. I feel for Washington State and West Virginia. They should not be ranked behind LSU. They just should not They should be. not. They're having great seasons, coming from the bottom in their programs, building them up, having great seasons, and LSU is there because of name recognition. Yes. And it's a shame. It's definitely a shame. All right, let's go ahead outside the top 10 here. I think UCF is exactly where they need to be. Um, so would you keep UCF behind a two-loss Kentucky team? Yes, Absolutely. Kentucky, okay, the Texas A&M lost bad. They it, lost to Georgia. They also beat Florida and Mississippi State, and it just they're just playing harder opponents. That's fair. I mean, I would almost have Kentucky and UCF interchangeable at eleven and twelve. Yeah, like dude, uh, so. I, I have no problem with Kentucky being ahead of them when Kentucky when when the rankings came out last year for the first time. There were three, if not more, but I know for sure three teams that had two losses that were above UCF. UCF, your schedule is easier, and you just. Got, you just got pushed by Temple. Not saying Temple's a bad program. I think Temple is a solid team. But you got to look at it. When when you say you want to be 
you want to be named amongst the top teams uh, along with the Power Five teams, you can't get pushed by a group of five teams. You just can't do it. Right. And that's the second time this season that's happened. And then uh, at 13 to 14, we had two ACC teams make huge jumps in Syracuse. the Syracuse. Nice. Syracuse at 13, North Carolina State at 14. Uh, no problem there. That Pittsburgh win helped Syracuse so much. And then uh, you've got uh, Florida uh, at 15, 6 and 3. I mean, they lost to Missouri 38 to 17. So I'm not really sure what the committee is looking at there. Brad, they lost to Missouri by three touchdowns. Yeah. Along with two other bad. losses. Really bad. They lost to Kentucky by 11, Georgia by three scores. They're not competing in these games. No. They had two good wins all season, and then all of a sudden they get to be in the top 15, yet alone the top 20. I mean, I could almost almost make a case to put um, to put Texas over them. I couldn't make a case to put Michigan State, but definitely could make a case to put well, Boston College over Well, what's weird about Michigan State is that they were outside the committee's initial rankings, and then they go all the way to 18. So I feel like that was a little bit of help for Ohio State there. Not going to lie. Uh, Boston they're, College at 17. No matter how you want to look at it, they're always going to be pushing, p- positioning some of these players, some of these teams, to help their arguments. They will push, yeah, the the name brands. Yeah. And they will try and help them. Uh, and, I'll, and I'll say proof of that is, really, you got Auburn at 24 and Washington at 25. And if anybody wants to be mad about not getting enough credit, it's not UC, UCF. It's Fresno State. 8-1, solid Fresno State team, sitting here barely making the top 25. That's all I got to say about that. Overall, I don't have a problem where the top four is. No. And I, and I think that by the end of the year... Maybe not even the top six. Uh, Okay, yeah. Me personally, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I could see that. I just... And, and I'll tell you one thing else. Uh, During the, uh, the show on ESPN, even the entire panel was confused that LSU was ranked that high. Yes. So that was pretty telling, too. At the end of the season, I think we're going to end up with the four best teams. If Georgia beats Alabama in the title game, Bama gets in, right? They have to, because you imagine Georgia is Georgia's either going to be four or five by the time the title game happens. Let's say a number four team beats a number one team. I mean, someone's getting kicked out. I think this is going to be the year, it's projecting this way, that every Power 5 champion will have zero or one loss. And with an undefeated Notre Dame, it makes things very interesting. Because in my opinion, in my opinion, in that scenario, I think you have six very deserving teams. Yes. For four spots. And I think it will be the first year that we actually do have that. Six very deserving teams. And if Bama loses... How many more regular seven. season games that we have? Do we have tough? Like Michigan has a tough one. Um, Three, I mean, not weeks, but like tough games. Um, Notre Dame, Syracuse. Well, Kirk Herbstreit made a really good point. I, I, I was really impressed by this. He said, "Listen, you can talk to me all you want about the rank games that are coming up, but there are two games that are going to decide the playoff: Ohio State, Michigan." And Alabama, Georgia. Yes. Those are the two games. that are, Because because in that scenario, he's saying, listen, there's no way Clemson's losing. No. No. <laughs> They're winning out. There's no way the Notre Dame is losing with who they have left to play. Well, don't they play Syracuse? Yeah, but I, I don't think Syracuse can compete with them. I mean, uh, quarterback. Notre book. Dame. Book's out uh, this weekend. Yes. We don't know if, uh, what, he, what his status will be for next weekend. 
Uh, I mean, I guess we're going to talk about Notre Dame Syracuse next weekend, but I- I'm saying I don't see them losing. Do does UCF get game day? Yeah, got it. I think Cincinnati has to win on Saturday. I think both teams have to win. Do you know how angry I will be if South Florida decides to show up this week of all weeks? It'll ruin one of the greatest sports days of our lives because I'll tell you right now, game day in Orlando will be one of the greatest. Clear sporting my events. schedule. I'll clear everything. Clear your schedule. I'll be out there all day. I'm ready. I might even paint my chest. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Miles, what a great episode we had. I love talking football with you, man. Guys, be sure to check out our website, www.whatsthespread.net. Listen, guys, we have a, a, a sponsor, an affiliate. We are affiliates now with my bookie. So, guys, go on our website to find our booking link. I promise you by next episode, I will have our code down for you, your promo code, so you guys can bet there. But I do not have it now because... We just got approved. But it's on our website. Thank you guys so much for listening. Any last words? Or we're good. Take it easy.